everyone, this is Backstage Pass. I am here with Chris Hawkins. Hello. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Um, so we're at Grimesmith in Manchester, which is what you can hear in the background. Um, lots of people talking, drinking coffee, having fun. Chris Hawkins, you are Six Music DJ. I've also got you down as a music pundit, a presenter, reporter, producer. Is that about it in a nutshell? That's overstating it a bit. <laughs> but so yes, definitely Six Music DJ. And I've been at Six Music since it launched 16 and a bit years ago now. Awesome. So wow. So nearly all of my adult life. Like before you were even born, Natalie. <laughs> I'm older than 16. You don't look it. <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> so um, basically, we're on Backstage Pass here, which is kind of like a window into my work as an artist and who, who I work with um, from time to time. And I first came across you. Chris, you played me quite a lot. Like yeah. massively supportive of me as an artist. Well, I think you probably were only about 16 when I first <laughs> played you, genuinely. And there was something about what I heard that very first time that I thought was something really special. I, I love your voice, and I, I think you know your name reflects the way that you sound. You've yeah. got that very cool delivery. Awesome, and thank it, you. And it's a really hard world that you're in. The the female singer songwriter world is so tough to stand out from the crowd. Is really really yeah. hard. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of female artists doing like pop electronic music yeah, yeah which can be really hard to yeah to stand out i think um, there's a, a, a lot of people male or females doing uh, a singer songwriter folk stuff too yeah you know? so it's a saturated market yeah and i guess well i guess it's forever and always been the, the way but there's just more music than ever before yeah uh, and what i mean by that is of course day in day out every day that passes more songs enter the world so yeah. that, that's a given but i think the point is it's easier now to make a, a quality product so you you know a bedroom recording no longer sounds all muffled and, and with poor acoustics and and now you can make it sound like a, an actual studio product in your Definitely, own bedroom. Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm working towards that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my gear, I've got some gear ready. <laughs> so you never have to get out of bed? Yes, basically. Um, but I, actually, I you know, do you know Gomez, the band? Yeah. Well, they that, that Mercury album that they won with was mm. done in their bedroom. Yeah. So they, And that was in the 90s. Like. Yeah, and you know, the, one of the best albums this year is, is Gaz Coombs' is World's Strongest Man. I heard him today on the radio. It's it's fantastic. Music. It's yeah. a really, it really unreal good. album. And, and actually, Gaz has gone back to doing a lot of the recording for this album at home. Wow. Yeah. I mean, with pretty good gear. And, and I, it, I don't think he, and he he's, has a know-how as well. It's not a bed sit. You know, <laughs> there's some decent studio space there. But yeah, he, he has chosen to, to be in the home environment to make that album. Yeah, it's so relaxing. You've got to be careful, though, because you can't you can just be like, oh, I'll just make a coffee. Oh, I'll just yeah, go and do yeah. this email and yeah, I'll just yeah, take yeah. the trash out. It's, it's like, it's like the, your, your, you know, your, your exam syndrome where your bedroom's never been tidier. Yeah. <laughs> Any you, distraction. I know. Any distraction. Uh, you have to really get lost in it, I suppose. Yeah, you've got to be there for hours and then get get into the groove and then that gets you away from distractions, I yeah, think. Yeah, sure. That happens with me anyway. 
So, Chris, um, as I mentioned, you spotted me many times as an artist on Six Music. Yeah, I'm, I'm Thank a you massive so much fan, for that. Natalie. A huge yeah. fan. You know that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much. Well, thank you for making great music. That's most important. Yay. Um, I can't wait for you to hear the new stuff as I well. I can't wait to hear it. I will send it to you once it's Are out. Are you going to tell me a little bit about how it's sounding? Yeah, well, interesting that we, j we were just talking before I pressed record. I wanted to change my name of the project to Memory Girl. Yeah, okay, that's interesting because you, you told me this mm. a little while back and I, I was pretty enthusiastic at the time, but when I went away, I thought, oh, I wonder if that is a good idea or yeah. not. I, I, I think it's... I was speaking about this with Simon last night, um, Silent Cities, that I think it's cool to have different aspects of your work kind of like so so maybe a concept album or a strong concept that you do for a collection of songs without having to change the whole vibe of your project mm. i think you can still be who you are but talk about something completely different and that's just like growth as an artist i suppose yeah um and i, I guess the whole the whole kind of i wanted to be memory girl because i've got these new songs that are kind of much more nostalgic and it sounds a bit more 80s nostalgic kind of reverb vibes. I like the way it away you're, a bit. you're going. I like the sound of that. Um, because I normally write about people and my relationships with other people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Memory Girl was just a cool name to I use. like it, but you know what? I think it makes a better alter ego. Yeah, yeah. As a sort of a spin-off. Yeah. And you stick with your actual I name. I know. It's good for like website and Spotify and all that crap. And also, can you <laughs> sing from the perspective of Memory Girl? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. in a sort of Ziggy this. Stardust sort of style I was thinking about this and n maybe not uh, vocally, but within videos, I, I was thinking of, all the songs are kind of from my perspective or people I know. So I was thinking about have the video uh, Another another woman play me in the video. Oh wow! Just at different stages of my life. Yeah, cool. Do you know what I mean? And that would yeah. be awesome. Uh, similar to what Sia does. Yeah, I yeah. like the sound of that, and I like the idea of you know you you can deliver a song as Memory Girls singing about Natalie McCool. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. That's that's so out. That is out there. <laughs> Isn't it? So that, that, is that out would there. work though. That's, I'm gonna note that down. <laughs> I think that would work. Um, so I, I think I last saw you at the Band on the Wall event yeah. uh, where you were comparing for a night of young artists, um, which I also f help facilitate, um, which is amazing. So, and, and you do a lot of that, um, comparing for events. I, and I do do some of that, yeah, um, because especially when it involves young musicians, because I think it's yeah. really tough to get a break now. Yeah. I think it's harder than ever to make it in music. Yeah. Despite what I said earlier about how easy it is to make good quality music these days, it's harder to be heard than, than ever. As in, the market is so saturated. So any help, advice, guidance that, for what it's worth from me, what I, what I can offer is hopefully maybe a route to radio, which I still yeah. think is the, the best way of, of gauging whether your music is, is of a, a certain if you like standard yeah and i think that it's really tough it's all very well getting your music on youtube and and getting it on streaming services mm. but i still think well you would know best as an artist isn't it still i would have thought the most amazing moment when when your music gets played on the radio yeah it's literally like ah! yeah. <laughs> how is it because it ah! 
<laughs> it's like just the level of credit. It's like yeah. a, it's like a thousand like recognition credits. Recognition or something recognition, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Recognition of your work. It, it's, it's it's very tough now because you know I think a lot of artists are, are keen to get on on streaming services and and, yeah. and, and get the the music out there that way. But I, I think radio still, for the time being at least, is where I, if I were a musician, that's where I would most want my music to be heard. Yeah, and because you know, you you are getting heard by people, you're getting pushed by people who matter, who whose opinion matters, that like gatekeepers well, of music. And, that, and, and hopefully, it's in a place where your music should be as well. Yeah. So it'll be most appreciated. So whatever genre, whatever age you are, wh whatever your sound is, then you would push your music in the direction of a most suitable yeah. radio station. Yeah, exactly. And, and when it's heard on the right one, then it will be it most appreciated. It matters, yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting you say that, because that, that to me is like creating a community for your, for your music. Um, and I love the BBC because you go through that you called it a route to radio, that, uh, and that, that's what I believe. Like the introducing BBC introducing is, it's like a route up towards. You can get played on Radio One. You could get, Definitely. you know, whatever. It's like sky's the limit, and I think that creates a really good community for artists. I yeah, think the I BBC think have been instrumental with that. I think that uh, BBC introducing has been in incredible in, in what, what what it's set out to do and achieve. Yeah, and I think that the network stations, as in Radio One, One Extra, to Radio Three, Six Music, wherever it might be, that the the stations are more defined than ever. So you should know when you listen to any one of those radio stations roughly what you're going to get mm. so as an artist if a young musician going back to the, the kids that we were talking about yeah want to, to get heard the first thing to do is think about where your music sits most comfortably yeah and, and not just scattergun approach yeah. any radio station you know think about where it would best fit because that will at least get your email that you send with your link on it probably get that email read yeah because it, it's been targeted to the right place yeah and you definitely you really only get one stab at it really mm. so you've got to make that and it is generally an email these days you've got to make that email count yeah absolutely i think it's amazing that the bbc have such like they have a lot of time for well it's a, it's all about new music really isn't isn't it and they're like as an as a Six Music DJ, you play a lot of new artists and you really get to kind of pick what artists you yeah, play yeah, depending yeah. on whether so you love them. It's yeah, brilliant. It's pretty, pretty much, I think, unique yeah. in the sense that no, I think any other radio stations allow their presenters such freedom. Yeah. So every day, the, the greatest pleasure I have is choosing what's going to go in the show, whether yeah. it be old classics by The Stones or, or The Who or even The Beatles. You know, who who might really have a more natural home, say, at at Radio Two. But, yeah. but of course, we're going to play the the greatest pop band in their history of music. <laughs> uh, they provide great context when when you then play, say, some great whimsical psychedelia by a brand new band. Yeah, it's great. It's it it's a big part of the job, and and. I get sent maybe, and uh, as with all of the other DJs and producers at Six Music, maybe up to a hundred new songs every mm. week. So it's it's a tough selection procedure. Yeah. But what a 
great job you know yeah just you get you get the kind of first listen yeah of a lot of new music yeah and you know what it's there, there are so many great pleasures in in doing what i, I get to do and, and i feel very 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 lucky and 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 part of it is playing new music for the first time playing yeah. a new song to to your listeners is an amazing gift and, yeah. and it's such a thrill being able to say this has never been heard anywhere in the world before yeah so i'm going to play this for you now and, and because hopefully there's an element of trust between you and the, the listeners that you have that that they will trust you to choose the right stuff that they will get into and the biggest the greatest i guess pleasure ultimately is is that response that says i love that i've just gone out and bought the album you know, yeah after, awesome. after hearing a new artist awesome. for the first time i i was um looking at your twitter um last night just trying to get a, a vibe of what you've been up to recently and i saw that you um did a show about uh, politics within new music yeah yeah on five live can you tell us about that well yeah it was it's a radio four program that five live also uh, ran because they felt that it, it reached out to their audience too. And yeah. it, it, it was a program that I made about that the about the the number of acts that are currently writing about what's most important to them and that yeah. subject being uh, broadly politics. So for the first time in around about 20 years of playing music on the radio, just notice more bands than ever writing about politics mm. and writing meaningful songs yeah. about politics on different subjects from whether it be the NHS or immigration yeah. and these are not just bands in the upstairs of pubs these are top 10 selling artists yeah. like idols who I think are probably the most incredible band around at the moment for what they stand for they, they've got a belief. Yeah. They're like a new generation of punk, I guess. And I think it probably was punk. Maybe there was, I guess, there have been other bands along the way who've written important songs on, on, on political subjects. Pulp, I guess, in the 90s yeah. would be an example. But I think that there is a real wave of bands doing it now. So yeah. Idols and Slaves, Slaves Nad Nadine yeah. Shah, yeah. Cabbage. These are all bands who are who are more interested in writing about the world that's going on around mm. them and what they see as the decay of, of society. And of course, yeah. Grimax have, have, have always done that, but what I'm talking about is traditional, if you like, four-piece pop rock bands. Yeah. Have you seen Young Fathers live? Yeah, they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, they're probably actually, funnily enough, uh, you, you mentioned them. Uh, I think they're probably one of the best live bands I've seen in the yeah, last 10 definitely. years. Uh, of a great number, but they, they are one of them yeah. for sure. So this program set out to explain why these artists and bands uh, are writing about politics, what's, what's motivating them, and the stories that they tell are, are so, so powerful. And, and this is not just me wanting to do a cheap plug for the program. No, no, plug which away. Is, <laughs> it is available tell us on more. the iPlayer. <laughs> it just meant so much to me to make the program and yeah. talk to these these different singers and, and find out a, why. What was a standout piece that you... I guess, I mean, uh, it, Joe from Idols talking about his mother's... Uh, demise and, and ultimately her death uh, uh, at the hands he says of the NHS and oh he, he blames 
the, the system for her death, yeah. not not her illness. And the way he tells that story really does, it, it, it pulls at your heart. Uh, and equally, Nadine, who is a second-generation immigrant herself, talking about the the way that immigrants are treated mm. in the UK and, and their plight. And, and there's a very personal story that she tells about one of her songs that she's written about a particular family. And it, it, it really does... Uh, make you realize how yeah. important music can be yeah so of course you could argue that these artists these bands that they're, they're not Dua Lipa they're not Calvin Harris they're not yeah. Rita Ora these artists are not mass pop bands you yeah know, sort of being heard by by the millions but they are reaching out to yeah. a, a growing audience so you could argue that they are in an echo chamber if you like because mm. they're preaching to the converted yeah. their fans love them but what what is is happening there seems to be a trend that their fan bases are growing yeah they're growing and, yeah. and they're very vocal themselves the fan bases and that's what's yeah. interesting i think is the that the music is the catalyst the songs are the catalyst for something much bigger yeah it's really interesting um i mean i i would really kind of like to do that but I, I don't think it's it's something that I would feel comfortable I, I don't know I, I tend to write songs about relationships yeah. and not yeah, um, delving in although having said that some of the songs on the first album are quite political I don't um, think uh, any of the artists that I've just mentioned would say that that, that, that what they're doing is is more important or better than, than writing about love relationships whatever yeah. but it's it's just a different approach yeah and it's what's important to them and it's what they find yeah. quite easy to write about in in some ways yeah i think it, it's it's not kind of you don't think that you're a political artist it's just something that comes through in your work yeah. Yeah. and it's really important like that's why i love pj harvey because she has a real kind of although she doesn't call herself a feminist her, her songs are very powerful yeah, yeah. Um, and she plays a lot with gender roles, like especially in uh, Rid of Me, the album. It's all about kind of mixing up gender stereotypes. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, just I agree, yeah. love that. I love it. Yeah, I, I like it when uh, artists wear their heart on their sleeve, you know, yeah. when it feels real. Mm. And that has to be when an artist has written the song for themselves. And as I say, manufactured pop will always exist and will yeah. always appeal to, to mass audiences. And there is nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. I love loads of, of chart pop. But, but these songs, these bands, these artists are, I think they can make a difference. Yeah. Through and, their music. And they, they will. I, yeah. I hope so. And yeah. certainly that's what that the program explores yeah you, you always hear um people talking about music nowadays like oh there's no you know real music anymore no one writes mm -hmm. about anything real but there's so much music now that people are like you know just because you don't hear it on radio one yeah that know? goes back to what i said that uh, you know radio one has such a a tough time yeah when, when people get to a certain age they start to say oh radio one's got gone to pieces <laughs> you know can't listen to Radio 1 anymore. <laughs> well, it's not aimed at you anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it, it was what you listened to through your childhood and, and teens, but then you make the transition, and now, I, as I say, the, the, the BBC network stations are more defined than ever, so you find your home at, say, Six Music or, or Radio 2, or in commercial radio. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, <coughs> so I also read that you do a bit of music journalism. You write reviews? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I do. I don't write. I do. I, do, I write some stuff if I get asked. <laughs> I don't write lots. I find writing quite hard because I think once it's, once it's there and you've pressed send, you know, it lives forever. And then I sometimes get paranoid that I could have phrased something better. I could ah. have written in a different way. And, and, and maybe my opinions changed as well. Mm. But, but radio, you know, it used to be completely like gone once you said something one of the things that i loved about how radio used to be and yeah. always was uh, was that you, you'd say something and you didn't have to live or die by it because it was just said and it w w disappeared yeah, in into the like ether the but now <laughs> it's there forever yeah you know, if it's not just on an iplayer it's been recorded by someone and yeah and it can come back to haunt you whereas it, it never used to Ooh, so yeah, I do. I mean, I, I I don't write a lot. Yeah. But I get to interview a lot of people, and, and uh, I'm really lucky in that respect that I get to meet really cool people and, and get to talk to, yeah. my, talk to Stuart Braithwaite from oh, Mogwai. Yeah, Mogwai. Yeah, amazing. Just last week, and, and we we talked about the fact that they're they're soundtracking their first ever feature film. So they've done art house films, yeah. and various others already, but this is their first first actual sort of, if you like, Hollywood feature film. And, wow. and it was really interesting hearing him talk about the process and, and what, what's asked of them and, and, and the differences between writing music for a traditional, if you like, album mm -hmm. and, and how you do it for a film and yeah. what you see and the storylines and, and what's expected of you and, and how you deliver it. Yeah. Really interesting. I'd love to um, have a crack at writing music for film. Yeah. I'd love to do that. I'm actually doing a bit of that at the moment um, for kind of moving graphics and wow. stuff like that. Yeah, I'm kind of getting into that. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's it's a brave new world, not a world I know a huge amount about. But I do. have you? You've had syncs, haven't you? Had a sync on something? Um, Did you? Did you? Mm, I've had a few. I've had a few syncs on adverts, like have one you? for Vogue Japan, which was like mental. Yeah. Um, and then a few TV ones, like mainly Hollyoaks on Channel 4. Have you? Yeah, yeah, Hollyoaks are great. Like, I nice. always play my stuff. I'm just like, yeah. Despite the prestige um, of Vogue Japan, I know. I guess more of your friends care about Hollyoaks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though, but people were like, wow, Vogue yeah, Japan, well, it's awesome, cool. and, and that's part of, of, of uh, a world that I think is important for artists to explore, that, that sync world, not necessarily writing music specifically to to be used as a sync because I think that you have to still you know it's still important you you write the songs that mean something to yeah, you yeah definitely and then if they happen to match up with yeah. a, a program so I played a band called Demons of Ruby May oh yeah who yeah. ended up on, uh, on Suits yeah yeah and and that gives them great exposure yeah you know it can, it can really make a, a, an artist make a band now mm. so if it, I think that's a, a a pretty cool way of, of getting your music out there. Definitely. I, I did a sync camp recently in LA, which I got on. It's like part of the BPI, and they, really? they take eight UK writers How over. That? Absolutely incredible. Fair. But I, we, we were writing to briefs, so live briefs from like film industry and TV. Um, but it was so interesting because they said, you know, we, we want you to write to these briefs, but as well, the supervisors love using actual artists because yeah. it's just better for them. Like, it just means more. Um, 
So we we had we had a lot of specific briefs, like for a scene in a film, like different scenes, like mm. this is what happens. We want something like this. This is a reference track. But also we had quite open-ended ones, like we would like a bittersweet song. It can be about anything, but it just has to be quite bittersweet yeah. and sad, happy. Um, so I loved those open-ended ones, and we actually I was with I was with a guy called Paul Frith, who's he, he plays a uh, brass and he writes songs and records. And then there was a girl called Kate Shaw, who's uh, from the US and she was a writer. And we, we three wrote this song um, called Got Your Back. And we wrote it to that kind of bittersweet brief, but it ended up being something really delicate and haunting. And it was like, you could hear it on something like True Blood, yeah. like a vampire series. Yeah, it was well, just- Maybe we will. I loved it. And uh, that was my favorite day because we wrote something that we actually would like have came up with anyway. Yeah, that you would have written anyway. Yeah, you yeah. going right back to what we started talking about, that being in your bedroom and trying to find uh, reasons not to actually sit down and write a song. Yeah. yeah. That was a way of being forced into it, but actually you came up with something it's that you would have better. actually released. Yeah. yeah. I had the same experience when uh, me and Dan did a session, Dan from Wombats, who've been writing with recently for this new stuff. And we wrote a track and it was all good and we, we liked it. And then we just started vibes in on this other thing idea and uh, came up with this mental, like, flame and lips vibe, really psychedelic thing oh, called Woman's cool. World, about if, if all men just disappeared. Brilliant. And what? I, Hang I, on. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I, I, I have to put it, like, as a secret track somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's good so, idea. like, you hear it and you're just like, what is this? Yeah, I've spent 10 yeah, years yeah. trying to write the perfect song. Yeah. And, and I go and, and end up writing it by mistake almost. Yeah, yeah, in, within, like, the last half an hour of yeah, the yeah. session. It's so fun, though. That They're the tracks that matter, I think. They're the fun, fun ones. Yeah. So I just want to ask you a few more questions if that's okay yeah sure being a, a six music dj you hear a lot of recorded music the day in day out so what happens when you go and see a live act what what about that live band makes an impact with you the most well i think it's what pushes your you know whatever pushes your buttons you know you you, you can just tell yeah and and that doesn't you don't need to be a a, a dj or a, or a producer to, to recognize yeah when a band is a bit stand out mm. and, and a cut above and it, but it is a, it is really nice to to approach a band afterwards and say i just heard your set can i get a a CD or, or yeah. send me something because I'd like to play you on the radio. Yeah. That's a nice thing to be able to do. Yeah. I get sent a lot of music and I think there are ways of getting your music out there, you know. You you know from your great experience that it, it's tough to get played and, mm. and get, get heard. And the music industry has changed massively. So I think playing live is more important than ever mm. to be an accomplished live act it is not only a great way of honing your skills, but also these days it's one of the few ways of making money out of being mm. in music. You actually can't, you give away your music, you know, it's free now. Yeah, yeah. And that's the expectancy that, that anything you release is just out there and it's hard to make money out of it. And there are ways and, and, and different streaming services are tightening up on, on giving music away. Mm. But generally music is free so you have to find a, another way of making a living as yeah. an artist so playing live uh, it's, about, it's that real relentlessly. aspect isn't it yeah and i use frank turner as a, a good example as a, a as a singer who 
who has just toured like silly numbers of dates every year for many years, whether he's got an album to promote or not. Yeah. He has just worked so hard to yeah. build a fan base, you know, first of all, on a small scale, say in London. But then when you get outside of London, you, you turn up in Manchester at first and you've got like five people in yeah. the audience. You've got to play the best set of your life yeah. because one of those five or, or more than one might go and then tell their friends and then you build you build your audience that way and it's kind of going back to how music used to be yeah. word of mouth yeah and and i think that then anything that comes from that is is a bonus yeah i completely agree me me and my band have been working so hard on our live set because of that reason because we want it to be really powerful you should be playing live as many nights of the week yeah. as possible that's your job if you like if yeah. you are a professional musician you can't just sit at home and wait for a promoter to call yeah, you and yeah. say oh we've got a gig you know three weeks time mm. what about over the course of the next three weeks going and playing wherever's available find yeah. a space and play to one man and his dog yeah or 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 you know or build that audience, play play somewhere where you know that there are going to be fans, because yeah. they will continue to tell people, and and, and and that that audience will grow. Yeah, it's so important. It's like that real aspect of see, of being like into a band. Like yes, you can listen to them on Spotify, but yeah. when you see them live, you really like. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, totally. And, and for unsigned acts, what I would say also for for any unsigned band. That, that wants to send out music to, to uh, tastemakers or DJs or whoever, D don't, don't rush into it because mm. there is the, the urge when you finish recording, you're like, that's it, nailed, that's what exactly how that song is set. Right, I'll, I've, it's three in the morning, just finished, <laughs> love it. And quickly write a, a scruffy email at yeah. three o'clock in the morning and send off you know there's no rush yeah, yeah no one yeah. knows it's finished only you and the band yeah. know that that's finished make a plot you know work out how that's going to work that that song needs uh, a lead time of say six six weeks two months three months and and what's going to go with the release of that single build some momentum around it don't just assume that because the song is finished you need to get it out there there and then because like i say only you or a handful of people know yeah, that it's finished. You have to have a strategy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But too many people say, "I'm, I'm gonna." I get emails all the time. I'm gonna. I, I, I think I've nearly finished this song. Oh, um, it's. No. Uh, I think <laughs> I should. Uh, we've got two more days of recording. I should should have it to you by Friday. I'm like, what's the rush? Yeah. Why, why are you in such a hurry to get it to me? Because yeah. it, you're, you're, you know, there's no need. Yeah. You know, you're in control. So make a bit of a plan it's it feels like i think sometimes that can be uh, you get the sense that that can be a little bit too business-like mm. but that's the nature of the industry now yeah yeah I think. you've got to make it matter yeah yeah make it count because mm. you probably are only going to get mm. one or, or two goes at, at, at one particular song yeah. and if it's the song that you really believe in yeah. then make sure you you do everything you can to look after yourself yeah. and represent yourself best. Definitely. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Um, I have some silly questions to ask you. Okay, I'm not very good at silly, but we'll, let's have a go. I think you'll be good at these. I have a game that I play with everyone. It's called Mints or Mints. It's called what? Mints or Mints. That is what I thought you said. Yes. So um, I'm going to say the word mints, and you have to decide whether it's mints the meat or mints the sweet. <laughs> okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Mints. 
Sweet. Yes. Yes. You nailed it. Brilliant. Nailed great. it. Great. <laughs> great enunciating. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a good game. If we played um, it now. We've, that's it, yeah. But that was the whole game? That was the whole game. Oh, okay. I win. What do I win? Uh, you win the prize of being here today. <laughs> wow, I just experienced it. Fantastic. Um, what is one song that you never get tired of, no matter how many times you hear Once it? Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. Ooh. I love that song. That's a good one. Yeah, I think that's probably one of my top ten best songs of all time. In fact, it definitely is. Definitely. I love it. It makes me feel amazing. I don't even have a response. I, I don't it. need a response. Genius. Brilliant. David Byrne, absolute utter genius. Yeah. What's uh, what's yours? I was thinking about this. I think it would be uh, America by PJ Harvey. Oh, wow, yeah. It's just a wonderful song. Great song, yeah. Yeah. It just makes me want to travel. Yeah. It just makes me want to go go off somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, that yeah. the power of music when it does that to you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris Hawkins <laughs> of Six Music. Thank Great you, to speak Natalie. to you. Thank you, And good luck with the new stuff. I can't wait to hear yes, it. Yes, I will send it to you before it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, Chris. Please send it to me with a full plot so I want to know exactly <laughs> what you're doing for the period between... I will. When it, now and when it comes out. <laughs> Thanks, right. Chris. Nice one, Nat. I think you're a magnet and I'm a magnet.